0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Hey, Her Hoop stats fans. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Her Hoop Stats podcast, Unplugged. As you've probably already guessed, I am not John Little. John is doing some great stuff with our weekly Monday podcast, including interviews with Oregon head coach Kelly Graves, national player of the year Megan Gustafson, Teacher Penichero, a WNBA legend, and plenty more. So we hope you've been enjoying those. This is the first episode of our more lo-fi edition of the podcast, where we'll just be having fun and chatting about what's going on in the WNBA, NCAA, and the world of women's hoops. We're hoping to make this a weekly thing, or maybe semi-regularly. We're still figuring that out, but you'll definitely have me, Megan Gower, a member of the Her Hoop Stats team, on board quite a bit. And to quick kick things off this week, we also have Her Hoop Stats founder Aaron Barzley, on the other line. Hey, Aaron.
2: Hey, Megan. How are you doing today?
1: Good. How are you?
2: I'm excited. You know, this we always talk at uh, Her Hoop Stats, but like to experiment with different things. And, you know, this was one of our ideas to complement uh, John's kind of very professional work. I was sort of joking with him uh, about it. It's a lot like in a reference that many people probably aren't going to get that listen to this podcast, but it reminds me of the Up Close uh, show with Roy Firestone, which is probably before your time, but mm-hmm. it's a that was kind of a nice sit-down, formal interview. You know, we talked about doing this podcast, uh, the unplugged version, uh, a little bit more as if you and I were hanging out at a bar like we did in uh, Tampa for the Final Four, having a drink and talking about hoops and more. And so in honor of that, I actually happened to have a beer uh, that I pulled out of my fridge, and I'm going to open it up now in an incredible uh, feat of audio production. Let's see if this really works. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah, that worked. (laughs) Nice.
2: It's just like uh, one of those fancy Coca-Cola commercials or something. I got to say, I'm not much of a beer drinker. Fortunately, someone brought some over uh, when we had some friends over probably months ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I haven't touched it. So it seemed like the inaugural uh, Unplugged podcast would be a good
1: excuse. Definitely a good excuse. I'm not going to join you right now. I already had one after my uh, soccer game this evening, but (laughs) with you in spirit. (laughs) So Aaron was actually in Las Vegas at WNBL, WNBA All-Star this past weekend, which I'm super jealous. I was living vicariously through everybody's tweets on Twitter. I saw that you guys got media fanny packs, which I am still very jealous of, um, but... I'll
2: see if I can hook you up with mine next <laughs> yes. time i see in person. Can't wait. <laughs> so actually, the most exciting part, we got a deck of cards cool. and uh, a nice uh, set of dice. My uh, son, my eight-year-old son, who is way into basketball this year, uh, women and men, uh, he, you know, the mm-hmm. deck's all wrapped up and it's in plastic and stuff. And he's like, oh, like, is Elena Deladon going to be the queen? <laughs> she should uh, be. But it was, unfortunately, <laughs> just a regular, uh, yeah, I thought that would actually have been pretty amazing if they'd put the faces of all the uh, players on the uh deck of cards, but it was not <laughs> to be. Uh, it's a standard deck of cards and a nice little carrying case that I think has the uh, WNBA All-Star logo. Nice,
1: nice. It's at least a themed gift. That's pretty cool. Fits <laughs> the Vegas theme oh, yeah. very well. Fair,
2: but, but. It's top notch uh, what they're doing with MGM and Mandalay in Las Vegas. There's no doubt that it's setting a standard, really raising a bar, and I think everybody in the league is hoping that uh, you know the rest of the teams, the other eleven, can agree. Everything
1: somebody. I've seen about it has said that like the experience was incredible this past weekend. Everyone was raving, so that's awesome to hear.
2: Yeah, one thing that's really cool, and, and this is true, I think, not just for All-Star, but I went to a regular season game in Las Vegas last year when I was in town for NBA Summer League. And like you see the billboards for the Aces on the signs of some of the MGM uh, properties. So you're just driving up the strip and, you know, there's Asia Wilson, uh, you know, maybe she's holding like a ball on her shoulder or whatever in her jersey. Uh, so there's no doubt that they're really promoting it. I mean, I think they still have a little ways to go. Uh, but as you'd expect, but it's definitely no. That's quite awesome.
1: A you get the same thing in Connecticut. Driving down the highways, you'll see Courtney Williams or John Cole Jones in a billboard, but it's not quite the same as the you know Vegas Strip. So,
2: <laughs> oh, I don't think I've noticed that when we've driven up to my in-laws before. I'll be keeping my eyes out. Where should I look for that? Any particular spot on your commute? Uh Eighty-four,
1: like right around where eighty-four meets Route Nine. There was one for a while. Okay, I eighty-four. Um, I do take yeah.
2: that. So I'll I'll let you know if I see it. <laughs>
1: All right, sounds good. It's starting to switch to the Yukon ones now, but there was a lot of Sun ones earlier this summer. All right, so I got to know, what's your best story from All-Star this weekend? You have to have a ton, but if you had to pick your favorite, what would it be?
2: It was amazing, like nonstop, just how many sort of, kind of wild things happen as a fan um, but really what, what I mean I had a lot of personal highlights um, I was able to uh, hit a three-pointer on the court that was fun I got some video evidence of that I won't tell you <laughs> how many takes it took but really kind of one of the best moments for me I was sitting uh, at Starbucks waiting for uh, someone that I was going to meet with that you know it must have been around not quite 10 o'clock and who should wander into line at the Starbucks but Sue Bird you know, she's just there hanging out. And the thing that shocked me is like, no one was trying to talk to her. I thought she'd be just, you know, paparazzi everywhere or something, uh, at the all-star game, but you know, she was totally incognito. So, you know, I basically hung out with her while she was in line and waiting for her, uh, I didn't quite catch what her drink was, but, uh, (laughs) waiting for a drink to be made. So, you know, we had a few minutes to chat and I, you know, bumped into her a few times at different events like the sloan sports analytics conference and things like that so like you know she at least recognizes me i'm not sure if she knows my name but hopefully and <laughs> uh um so yeah so it was just kind of cool you can just kind of chat with her and ask how things are going um and i was just amazed that no one uh kind of came up to her like i sort of understand if she's you know walking around the streets in new york or whatever that uh she might not stick out like liz cambage would but uh i would have thought that at all-star weekend she'd be instantly recognizable to everybody and we were right around the corner from the arena like inside like it was literally a two-minute walk probably so i was pretty surprised by that but yeah so there's just lots of great moments uh all along with that one was uh you know, just a nice part of actually sort of being there.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the Yukon super fan in me is like, I can't believe she wasn't swamped, like Sue Bird. But. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. I mean, it's one thing that I've definitely found, and I don't know if you've seen this as well, but I mean, it's really amazing i think how accessible everybody is i mean there were definitely some moments where it felt like they were being swamped uh, most notably after the all-star game itself the fans kind of came down to the railings that were screaming for uh, <laughs> you know the players to sign their autographs but by and large you know i mean you can just kind of chat with them they're all pretty casual you know even like the media scrum uh Uh, during practice uh, they had like a practice and then a media break so all the players were there and then they had the second team practice i think maybe team wilson was the second one and so there was a point where all the all-stars were on the floor and like you could you know you'd be like one of two people you know chatting with some of them i mean elena was clearly the star and got tons of attention as did liz and as did asia but um you know like to talk you could talk to like courtney vander or Ali Quigley or something no problem
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Elena Deladon was the star, as she should be. I mean, I think she would be the clear MVP frontrunner at the moment, so not surprised by that at all. Um, Yeah, so you mentioned you hit a three-pointer on the court, so that's pretty cool. I heard you also hit some in the uh, media game.
2: Yeah, the media game was good. I was actually warming up. I forget which day it was. I also rebounded a little bit for Chanae uh at one point. That was, I think, right before. I, I just, after that, after she left, that was when I started shooting <laughs> myself. Um, but yeah, the media pickup was fun. Um, Erica Ayala was there. You know, it's really hard when you talk about some of the media folks to refer to people by their actual names and not their Twitter <laughs> handles. <laughs> right, how we all know each um, other. And it's also very confusing. I got to confess, like, I'm very confused. There's, like, you know, Eric Ayala, right, is I believe E Lindsay 8 or E Lindsay 08, I think, mm-hmm. on Twitter. But then there is Lindsay Gibbs, who's like Lindsay Gibbs. <laughs> and then there's Lindsay, I think it's Dark Angela, right? i um, probably not pronouncing that correctly. And she's like Dark Angel. So it's just, I sometimes, you know, especially as you're learning all these folks that you haven't met in person before, uh, <laughs> you know, I get it all mixed up. But yeah, no, it was great. Um, media game uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, my number one goal was not to get hurt. And though, my calves were a little sore afterward. I had fun and, uh, you know, I was able to, uh, hit a few shots. Um, you know, my goal is always for to leave people thinking like, Oh yeah, you can tell you to be a player (laughs) because, you know, I just can't run up and floor. Uh, my, my wife saw the picture of us all. She's like, you were like the oldest one there. You were like twice as old as everybody. It wasn't, that's not quite true. Some people, uh, I guess are doing a better job taking care of themselves, but, uh, we had a ton of fun. It was, uh, you know uh ben dull organized it with sam gordon who writes for the las vegas paper and um neil olstad who is lynx dynasty who does that very cool lynx podcast and uh, i'm trying to remember who else uh came out but you know it's a lot of fun it's a good bonding uh experience i'd wish more people would come um certainly also uh, more women and end up being more men but i think the part of that was because it was a very compressed schedule while we were all at all star and so there was a i didn't really hear about it until like pretty much that day i think a women in sports event uh around the same time like ari chambers and meredith minkow i think both spoke at as well as a few others and so i think some people some people were at that plus the orange carpet started at nine i think so Uh, A little bit of conflicts, but definitely I'd recommend it. And my real hope is that since this was the first one, now that people know that it's happening, you know, there'll be more uh, folks coming out uh, and also that'll be more co ed uh, for your team.
1: So I've got to know did you make it to the Liz Kinvade Snoop Dogg DJ event after the game?
2: (laughs) You know, you'll be shocked to hear that I don't spend a lot of time listening to Snoop Dogg, Uh, so I did not make it out. It didn't help that uh, uh, I was only there for like 48 hours, and I'm on East Coast time, and so I don't think she started playing until nine, or the event didn't start until 9 o'clock, and so I – Figured that she wouldn't even come on until, uh, well, after that. And that's like midnight Eastern. And uh, like I said, I had all kinds of travel problems the night before. And then it turned out that I was staying in old (laughs) Vegas, which I'd never done before. Uh, And, you know, it's like, okay, it's the cheapest hotel. And it's interesting. I didn't really realize what old Vegas was like. Um, It really was very much like walking through Times Square. So I get to my room like essentially Thursday morning, 1.30, probably a.m., Pacific. So like four 30 Eastern time still. Right. And, uh, like I get basically the last room in the hotel. Cause I, you know, it's so late and I was on the corner of Fremont street, which is like the classic main drag that like, you know, for me, I always associate it with, um, the YouTube, uh, where the streets have no name video. Cause they're basically walking up and down that. Uh, and so, um, you could like hear the music like coming through the windows. It's this old room. It's got like an old style phone, push button phone, and the phone line's dead. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And so, I'm like, oh my God, it's 1 Pacific and I'm not going to be able to fall asleep at all. But fortunately, I was tired enough that I could. So, um, so let's just say I was, I was definitely running on fumes on Friday and Saturday. It wasn't the best way to, uh, start off depleting my, uh, my, my sleep.
1: <laughs> That's fair. I did see that they had Snoop Dogg in a, uh, a- Brianna Stewart jersey though, which was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it was cool. I w- did enjoy the jokes on Twitter about, like, which Seattle Store player uh, <laughs> is he wearing the jersey of? You can't tell because her name's not on the front that's or something. So <laughs> or her number's not on the front.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there's some uh, funny I mean, Twitter so about remarks on it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then my understanding also is I think actually that there were some kind of technical problems. I'm not clear to me that D- that Liz actually managed to have a set DJing. I know she'd been practicing on it in the morning because um, someone had said they had watched the practice, but uh, it's not clear to me she managed to uh dj but like i said i think that uh probably weren't playing uh that much youtube <laughs> and so uh probably uh okay not having it <laughs> that's
1: fair so that was your friday night in vegas and then i guess what was friday night Easter time was you know friday afternoon pacific time so our friday night all-star on uh espn is really your friday afternoon all-star
2: <laughs> yeah it was really weird like i got out of there and i lingered a little bit uh as i said after this this the three-point contest and everything was done and you walk out and it's still bright as day <laughs> it's definitely i'm not you know watching sports on the west coast i think is uh you know much 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 easier than on the east coast i went to grad school in the bay area so i really got to experience that for seven years as a um, I guess a young adult and uh i definitely missed it but it was definitely a Felt a little surreal kind of being done because, you know, the whole thing, you know, it's like started at four o'clock. So it felt pretty random.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That does seem random. I guess that's seven o'clock East Coast time, which is your mm-hmm. normal primetime TV over here. Um, so, yeah. So you were at the uh, skills competition and the three point contest, which we have a new champion of Connecticut. Um, but, yeah, not not a third year for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not biased at all all. (laughs) never (laughs) yeah so what was the environment like on uh, friday night
2: it was uh you know it was really exciting um it was interesting for me right i was uh on the floor apparently you could actually see me on tv which was also quite a goof and um but yeah it was just nice to be there and kind of feel the crowd you know i've covered a couple of regular season games in person this season and like i said i covered that aces game Last year in the regular season, but this uh, being there both Friday and Saturday, you just really feel the energy of the crowd. Uh, A personal highlight, I bumped into our uh, old friend, Allison Chapman, uh, former, I'm going to say current member of the team, but she's uh, on hiatus. She's got some other stuff going on uh, in her life, but um, it was great to hang out with her a little bit Um, before the game. We sat in the seats and just caught up. Uh, heard stories about her vacation she's on all over the west coast and then you know the, the crowd really filled up you know it was crowded in the concourse and stuff and then um you know just sort of lights came on and everyone was jazzed you could hear the roar of the crowd they're all kind of rooting for you know in particular Kayla McBride um I enjoyed watching uh I think it was was it britain griner that was in the um skills competition right that was fun so uh and then you know personally for me i was just kind of wasn't even sure you know what to look at and what to comment on you know i figured i didn't have a ton of deep insight for the skills competition but i did keep uh try to keep as stats for (laughs) the three-point contest so that was pretty interesting i figured out that um Both, interestingly, Kayla McBride and Shekina Strickland both shot, I think, 33 for 50, if I'm remembering correctly, for the two rounds. And interestingly, the only real difference was the money ball. Um, I think they, I forget what it was, but they both hit the same number of shots, even I think, both rounds. But uh, the way it worked out was that the money ball rack that uh, Kayla had picked, she did not do as well as the money ball rack that uh, Shekina had picked. And in you know if they'd flip-flopped it like then kayla would have won it sort of shows the <laughs> arbitrariness of the uh the uh the, the system with the money balls but it does make it more fun and you know the Vegas fans obviously were clearly uh rooting her on uh, so it's cool and i mean it's i mean if you think about it it's amazing to hit that well uh from three point for
1: yeah 33 for 50 i like was there for 60 i was doing the math in my head i'm like that's like six. 60 <laughs> percent that's pretty damn good <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly i think quickly last time i checked was it 47.4 or she was that weekend i remember at 47.4 percent so which is yeah. also just insane i think exactly <laughs> yeah, i'm pretty sure McBride and Strickland is the only ones that shot better than quickly's been shooting in the regular season um and i'm trying to remember what other crazy factoids i tweeted out i think also strickland has. uh i think she's hit the most threes of anyone this season right she has the most three point makes if i recall correctly
1: yeah i'm not sure on that but i would believe it she's an interesting player like for her size and like the way she plays that her um like her three point shot is insane it's awesome wow that's great so on that note of friday night night all-star activities is there anything like that they didn't do this year the Friday night all-star thing was you know new this year to begin with They usually had the three-point contest at the half where I moved to, to kind of the whole uh, Friday night event like the NBA does more this year so anything you would have liked to see that they didn't yeah do? you
2: know it still felt pretty short right it was only about an hour and I frankly on the NBA side right I feel like all-star Saturday night for the NBA is really the highlight capped off by the dunk contest but I enjoy the three-point contest perhaps the most now that it seems like the nba dunk contest has kind of uh, jumped the shark so uh you know i was excited that that we had a separate thing people seem to like that it gave the fans more of an opportunity another event to go to i didn't really make it over to the fan fest which was going on all day friday and i think a good chunk of saturday as well um but yeah so i was trying to think about like what would be uh fun things that we could do to uh you know jazz up Friday night all-star as well i think that uh the wnba has been, been very innovative and in fact tried out a lot of things that the NBA has moved to like the shot clock reset and offensive rebound and stuff like that. So uh, I was trying to think about some ideas and also a way to make it a longer event, you know, like two things. So I'd be interested to hear, uh, you know, what our listeners would suggest. They can email us a uh, podcast at her But uh, I want to run a couple by you and see what you thought, Megan. One was we had talked a little bit about, um, you know, could you have a dunk contest? And I still Uh, think that's a possibility but one thing that struck me in her press conference on Saturday was her question for Brittany Griner about I think she had three dunks during the game right and uh, you know I hadn't really thought about it Um, but you know she talked a little bit about how like everybody's was asking her if she was going to dunk in the all-star game and like she was really feeling the pressure (laughs) so uh, you know I uh, I can't imagine what it'd be like in a dunk contest so I'm not sure whether I think that'd be a good idea or not but I mean I think we could have, I mean, frankly, I think you could have during the WNBA All-Star game, a dunk contest open to all women, right? Like, why not invite Fran Bolibi? Well, uh, you yeah, know, even though she's in college, I guess you can't get paid for it, <laughs> but I'm sure I got to believe there's enough to make of fun. but you know, maybe that's a little bit too much a challenge. So two things that uh, I was thinking about is that I would love to see a one-on-one basketball tournament. Like, why not get, you know, the 22 All-Stars or, you know, you could bring in other folks as well, like we did for the All-Star game. But why not just have a quick little one-on-one All-Star tournament? You know, maybe everyone plays to, I don't know, five or seven win by two. I think it'd be a ton of fun. What do you think? Yeah,
1: I like that idea a lot. That would be a lot of fun to watch. You could kind of pit some of the best players in the leagues, like one on one against yourself. I, I don't know. I'd watch it. So, in my opinion, that makes it a good idea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: I, I think people would
2: like, like it, it. and I, I think that it's pretty interesting, right? We've already seen, you know, there's more and more interest in three on three. So why not, exactly. right? That's what Russell Westbrook would say. Why not? <laughs> Uh, so that was one idea, a related one. I was thinking about something that kids do all the time, right? I know they do this in my son's uh, elementary school and like aftercare and stuff like that is just like a game of knockout. Did you ever play that when you were a kid? Yep.
1: Yep. Very familiar with that from gym class.
2: <laughs> right. So I think that's what you call it, right? When, you know, you're shooting the free throw and then you got to, if someone Makes a free throw behind you before you do, right? You're out. So I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch that on Friday night. I think those kinds of fun games that are like accessible and people could, I mean, they wouldn't be playing along at home or whatever. But I mean, the, you know, there aren't too many kids that are shooting, pretending to be in the three point contest. And it's kind of hard to set up the skill competition. But, you know, it'd be awesome to have like some girls' basketball team at practice this weekend playing knockout just like they saw on All Star Friday night.
1: Yeah, no. I definitely like that idea too. Another one I had is I know the NBA does like a celebrity game now. I think it would be super cool if the WNBA did like a celebrity game for All Star, but maybe like all female celebrities would be a really cool thing to watch. I don't know. he could get hmm. some pretty cool names in there.
2: Anyone in mind specifically? Uh, Think Michelle Obama would play? I
1: think you could get Michelle Obama to play. I feel like you could do that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty cool. I think you would get a lot of people tuned into their TVs to watch Michelle Obama play in a WNBA All-Star celebrity game. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool.
2: Actually, you know what I would love to see? Uh, Like I said, I was rebounding for Mm -hmm. Shanae earlier uh, at one point during there. And, of course, she's wearing – I think she was wearing – basically they were – You wouldn't call them sneakers per se, but they were like sneakers that were heels, right? Um and since you know, I'm not shopping for women's shoes, I couldn't tell you what those are called specifically. But uh, uh, but nevertheless, as I'm rebounding for, it, I'm just like, man, like I can't believe she's doing that. So it would actually be fun. You could have a celebrity game with males and females. We have everybody wear shoes like
1: that. <laughs> I like that idea. That would be interesting. <laughs> there is like a word for them too, and I'm trying to think about what it is. It's like sneaker wedges, but there's like like a one word thing, and I, I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, some, but... something like that,
2: right? <laughs> you know we 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 had a thing. Uh, you know we was a discussion. I think yesterday. Uh, jonathan posted for us about uh you know rap songs featuring WNBA players so yeah let's have like drake and skyler diggins and both of them <laughs> wearing <laughs> sneaker wedges or whatever you call this that'd be, that'd amazing. be pretty cool
1: i like that idea too <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah so friday yeah friday was a great day um uh and like i said it's just kind of wild being there and it's great you know it's a, it's a good reminder that you know there's value in kind of watching from home and what we can do from home and especially our more statsy stuff which is you know based on the stats that you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to collect in person but it is also just being there a good reminder of uh, you know the value of showing up and, and doing the work in person definitely i will say one other thing on friday night Uh, that I I think I'd mentioned, I met probably the most interesting person uh, that I met over the whole All-Star weekend. Like I talked to tons of people. was very privileged uh, to chat with a lot of folks. But uh, I would say definitely the most interesting person I met was, in fact, uh, Lynx Dynasty, uh, Neil Allstad, who uh, organized the media games. Very gregarious and outgoing person. Uh, You know, very welcoming of everybody. And, uh, you know, so I was, you know, we we're just kind of chatting and sort of talking. Uh, one thing, which we could talk a little bit about tonight if you want, uh, or it could be another topic, but it was interesting to me how we all talked about what we do for our day job <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, not a conversation I have when I'm hanging out with NBA media yeah. folks, but, uh, you know, just about everybody has some kind of day job. And so we were talking about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm like a hip hop uh, rapper for like elementary school kids. And I was like, That's what? Pretty and, cool like, I mean, cool. I'm sure that means. <laughs> Almost nothing to you, I'm guessing, as not the parent of an elementary <laughs> schooler, but uh, my older son is going into seventh grade and my younger son's going into third grade. And so I immediately said, like, oh, like Go Noodle. And he's like, yeah, I know we've done some Go Noodle, you know, on YouTube as well. And uh, so, uh, yeah, they're called Cuckoo Kangaroo and uh, they um, are wildly popular. I've been talking at my third grader, now third grader, recognized uh, their hit video, yes. Popsico, uh Popsico 2.0, actually. Uh, and uh, yeah, it sounds like kids love them, like they go on tour, like it's pretty, definitely by far the most interesting uh, job of anyone I've met on the WNBA side. Uh, I'm not sure that it tops the most interesting person I've ever met on the NBA side. Um, you know, I always talk a lot about for NBA analytics, and I think it's probably true for WNBA analytics such as it is but because it's such a new thing uh you know sort of like the classic story of bill james on the baseball side um you know everyone kind of comes from these crazy backgrounds now people sort of realize like oh i could try to work my way up in a front office in baseball and so they're like you know they're going to ivy league schools or whatever and then they get internships and so it's a much more (laughs) homogenous uh population of folks but the early folks are totally random right bill james Um, I think I sort of was referring to this, but didn't finish the story. He wrote his uh, original Bill James Abstract. He was like a night security guard at a storage facility in I'm pretty sure Kansas City or something like that. (laughs) So the same is true for a lot of the NBA folks that I know uh, from having, uh, you know, been to like every Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. And uh, I would say the most interesting job anyone's had there is I knew a guy. uh, He works for the Rockets. Great, great guy. But he um, was a... I guess he. I'm pretty sure he was a cook, like a short order cook, at a strip club in Toronto. <laughs> Yeah, that's So that was like kind of part of his training for uh for working in the interesting. NBA.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Also Toronto to Houston. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Very different places. Um
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He still I think he still he still lives in Toronto. Uh great guy, you know, just had lots of, you know, he he, he sort of had just lots of random uh experience in his life and you know, if you're looking for a job and he's uh yeah, he wasn't the bouncer. He's definitely not big enough <laughs> to the bouncer or anything like that, but um yeah, he was in the back making the mm-hmm. whatever. I guess they say the stakes are good, I <laughs> mean, though, but
1: yeah, <laughs>
2: I couldn't tell you how classy this <laughs> was. But,
1: was either. but
2: yeah, so anyhow, Link's, I thought it was crazy, like Link's dynasty, and yeah, I was telling um, you know, a friend of ours, a mom of a. Uh, of uh, well, she's got a third grader and a kindergartner, and she's like, "Oh yeah, like I think I've heard this song in the last month." Uh, so sure enough, they showed it. Like, it's all the we have like a kindergarten <laughs> camp in our town to get people ready for kindergarten. So, um, that was definitely like the most interesting. You know, there's a lot of people have lots of interesting jobs. but that was by far the most interesting. I thought, and I'm pretty sure Neil's okay with me uh, blowing his cover. It didn't sound like it was top secret. Um, but uh, yeah, they're called cuckoo kangaroos, so but I think he's right. <laughs> If uh, you think about the right chart, gotcha.
1: oh, yeah, I can confidently say I have no idea what Go Noodle is, but that is definitely the most interesting day job I've heard about. Certainly, way more interesting than my day job. Um.
2: Check them out. It's one of those things that'll get, uh, you know, it's not unlike the uh, Baby Shark. Okay. Video, I am
1: familiar you, with the Baby
2: Shark video. <laughs> but but it's much more like the, the, the kids, well, the deal is that they watch these semi educational videos uh, and like get up and dance for,
1: every hour for
2: like five minutes. and so they're That's working
1: good. out their energy. That's a good concept. But yeah, I'm very familiar with Baby Shark. It's a, apparently a con woman basketball flavor, <laughs> like often played at the games.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's crazy so yeah so i met all kinds of people um you know neil was interestingly said i bumped into sue remounted for chanel uh i uh one thing that was a personal highlight also was i uh introduced myself to commissioner uh kathy engelbert on uh friday spoke to her briefly she seems like super impressive and just super you know i always say you can tell there's some people you can tell how they've risen to the stature that they have like every once in a while and i'm you know, as you hear, read some of the stories in particular about NBA owners, you're just like, how did that person make enough money to like buy an NBA or a W? Yeah. I, I don't feel like you hear the same stories about WNBA teams, ex- or WNBA owners, except maybe some of the owners of both. I won't name anyone specifically. Uh, but if you've heard, haven't heard the story of a goat, I will uh, tell you that uh, <laughs> offline, I guess. Um, but uh, anyhow, unlike that, uh, Commissioner Gobert was, you know, just totally, um, impressive, you know, just really eager to, you know, it's early. So she's said the word listening to her. I can't tell you how many times, but enough that she was joking about it. And, um, um, but, you know, really kind of thoughtful. And you could just tell that, you know, she was commanding everybody's respect and it just kind of made me feel that, you um, you know it's going to help contribute to having the league in a yeah really definitely place. i'm
1: really excited to see what direction she goes with the league and kind of what the first big steps she makes are. it should be very interesting to see
2: yeah yeah it's gonna be you know i do worry <laughs> that we're all excited about it um i kind of worry that we're like blowing it up a little hyping her up too much like not uh just sort of accidentally right and so um, everyone just thinks she's going to be like, ho, 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 like the WNBA hasn't been doing as well as we want. All we need to do is open door number three, and, like finally, you know, suddenly we'll be making 10 times as much revenue. Right. And I think that's not the case. I think that, you know, it really is just about having good execution and good fundamentals. Um, certainly we've seen, uh, some issues in terms of that. Um, I don't know if you've caught the Twitter handle. I forget that the Twitter, the handle itself, but they're basically like correcting, WNBA <laughs> twitter tweets right official WNBA tweets that are inaccurate um it's so all like you know hopefully we'll be at a point where that's less of an issue and um you know and i think that's just a very small it's a little bit minor maybe not entirely but i think that it's a symptom and really if you know she can just kind of help with the fundamentals mm-hmm. and you know, everyone's doing their best um i know in the league office i think that if she can do you know, just really have an impact on that. And we'll just slowly grow. Um, you know, again, I don't think it's going to be this kind of magic right. rocket ship. You know, uh, you know, I don't know if everybody realizes, you know, we hear a lot of comparisons to like, hey, the, the lifetime of this league, it's like the NBA in 19... Right. I think 65 or something like that. It's probably not entirely accurate, but it's around then. Right. And so we need to be patient. It took, you know, a t- basically uh, magic Larry to start showing the NBA finals live on network television in 1979, 1980. So, uh, you know, we got a ways to go. And I think just doing those fundamentals is going to be important. And, you know, the NBA definitely had periods where, you know, their salary cap, their revenues basically uh, were unchanged for, I want to say, five or six years at a time. It's only more recently that it's skyrocketed with their latest TV deal. And so, you know, I think we just need to be prepared for, you know, the WNBA to make steady progress. And if it can grow, you know, we've got a long way to go. And, you know, some people might might not be satisfied with incremental change, but, you know, if it can grow revenues 10% a year for a while, that's going to go up pretty fast. So, um, you know, I think I'm just hoping that, you know, she can kind of stick to it and not get everybody's hopes raised too much. And we'll just kind of see the WNBA take off.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I think the background she comes from is what's exciting to a lot of people. She's got that business background that I think people are hoping to see translate to the league. So it will be good. Yeah, to
2: plus, she played at Lehigh for uh, Muffin yeah, McGraw. Which, so. Um it's crazy. kind of kind of <laughs> yeah. amazing. So um uh but yeah, so anyhow, personal highlight for me, I asked a question at the commissioner's press conference. And again, it's just to me another way that it, it the WNBA is so crazy and so accessible. Um, you know, I only really you know we started her hoop stats about two years ago and you know it wasn't like i've been i mean, I want to be very clear right like i've not been a lifelong women's basketball fan i uh watched it a bit when i was in grad school because it's like all grad students i was very good uh at procrastinating <laughs> and so i had more time you know as so you get older get a job get married have kids you know you really kind of focus and have far less free time to watch basketball uh or watch sports every night and so when I was, I was trying to watch the NBA. So I didn't, you know, I definitely have a huge gap in my knowledge of the history of of women's basketball. And that's why, you know, I really appreciate people like uh, Sue favors and Michelle Vopel and Cheryl Coward and so many more that, you know, really kind of bring a lot of knowledge that, you know, I can aspire to, but um It'll take me a long time to uh, get there, but it's wild that, you know, I started the site two years ago, uh, two years ago, and, you know, now I can ask a question at a press conference with the commissioner, you know, to to contrast that with sort of any of the four major men's sports, right? It's just unthinkable.
1: Yeah, definitely. The accessibility of really everyone in the women's space is incredible.
2: Yeah, so many untold stories.
1: Exactly. All right. We're veering, but to get back to All-Star. So we talked about Friday night, but we haven't talked about the actual All-Star game at all. So what was your like watching it live? Number one highlight from the All-Star game.
2: Yeah, You know, I mean, there were a lot. I got to say being there like I was a little it was kind of like overwhelming and I wasn't quite sure, you know, what uh you know what to be tweeting about i was trying to tweet a little bit you know but like obviously early on it's just like well you know the stats don't really matter a ton typically mm-hmm. but then it became clear that it was going to be the erica wheeler story oh, yeah. and so that was amazing but you know i really there was one moment uh right in front of me early on the um I don't know if you remember this, but like, I don't know if she backed it out or not, but like Brittany Griner basically took Liz Cambage from like 30 feet mm-hmm. out and like drove and did a nice little flip layup. Uh, I'm not sure if she crossed her over or not, but that was pretty cool that she was just kind of setting up for that. And we were watching these two bigs uh, out on the perimeter, you know, it was hilarious to watch uh, uh, Liz waving off Kayla McBride. Uh, early on, because she wanted to play point guard, and she was taking those threes, mm-hmm. those first couple of threes to open the game, basically. Uh, so that's not fun. I got to say, I'm really jealous that I didn't get to hear Kayla McBride mic'd up. Like, that's an, another example, I think, of how the WNBA is so uh, innovative. What was that like watching at home?
1: So yeah, I didn't watch live, but I watched after the fact. That was moving during the game, but yeah, watch after fact on League Pass. I love when they mic up players. It's hilarious. It's like so fun to see like what they're thinking during the game. Um, so yeah awesome to watch
2: yeah yeah and they're they're both characters oh yes (laughs) Um, that was cool right but then yeah but then you know like you look up and it's like oh you know Erica wheeler's having herself a game and so that was pretty exciting you know the crowd i think probably the six three in particular um because i think she was six for six at that point the crowd really kind of roared and so then you were just kind of watching see what was going to happen and what she was going to do you know and she missed a couple of shots you're not going to be uh, you know perfect yeah. uh, of course uh, but then you know and the game was a little out of hand so uh, it wasn't quite that uh, exciting but at the same time you kind of had the sense that oh maybe they'll, they'll make it close and sure enough um, I guess what team I, I mean I can't even keep it straight right but <laughs> team Deladon kind of slowly made a run and it was getting uh, getting closer and closer. And you're like, oh, this could actually be an exciting finish. But then Wheeler hit that dagger three, yes. <laughs> um, and sort of iced the game, iced the MVP trophy. And then, you know, it was just amazing to be there. Uh, for her, you know, they handed her the trophy, her speech uh, with Holly interviewing her. You could see the tears, you know, streaming uh down her cheeks, and you know the way all the players were genuinely. Happy for her, and it was really, really amazing. Yeah,
1: definitely. No, like it's hard to top the Wheeler story from this game. It was just incredible. I was gonna say that I think my like other highlight was that Chelsea Gray had just like some incredible assists, like behind the back, like some crazy passes. I think there was one that was like behind the back to Liz Kimbage on like the perimeter, and she hit a three. I was like that play was like awesome to watch. I think she ended up with like ten assists or something crazy too, but just like some really great
2: Sorry. Yeah, honestly, I probably wasn't as familiar with her game, you know, especially because they play a lot on the mm-hmm. West Coast. So I didn't really um, you know, I came away just like even more impressed with her beyond kind of what I thought ahead of time. Um, and, you know, I think that was and we can maybe talk a little bit about this soon but kind of reiterated by the fact that she's on the USA Basketball whatever you would call that group of eight yeah. that they named initially for kind of trading all season here in the states instead of having to go overseas um you know one thing i did uh, to the erica wheeler story is amazing actually and did you get a chance to read the story that um lindsey gibbs wrote about erica wheeler uh today? i haven't yet on it's Ringers? on my list of yeah, things yeah. story but didn't get to it quite yet really you know shocking news lindsey Gibbs wrote a great <laughs> story and uh you know i mean i can only imagine what, it, what it's like to be her and you know she clearly put in a ton of work ahead of time and so, I mean, the Erica Wheeler story is amazing, but, you know, I think writers, when something like this happens to a subject you're already close to writing about, like, uh, you know, because it would still be an amazing story, even if she just had a average right. all-star game, right? But um, to have it sort of blow up like that uh, is incredible. So um, I read that story. That was amazing. One thing I did not know. Did you know that... um? Can you name any of the other All Stars in the history of the WNBA that uh, were undrafted, like Erica Wheeler?
1: Oh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I will say I could not until I read yeah, the story. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but I will say I won't uh, totally spoil it. But did you know Becky Hammond uh, was actually the first player to play in the All Star game that I was undrafted?
1: Did not know that. I would never have guessed that she was undrafted, but she is another yeah, incredible story. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, there are a lot of people uh, on my list that I am hoping uh, to meet over the course of uh, my work, and she's definitely uh, still still on it. Someday,
1: someday. Yeah. Any other highlights from the game? You have another top highlight? No, I think that
2: covers it. Again, it was really cool, you know, again, just to sort of be on the floor I uh, after the game, really wandering around, sort of talking to people. Um I got a really great picture of uh you know I think where's everyone on the Chicago sky in town even the people that weren't playing I mean obviously 3 of them were in at the Vanderquigs and uh, Diamond Shields but um I got a great picture that I think was pretty much their whole team Stephanie dolson was definitely there and I forget who else so yeah. um Yeah
1: I did see that they were like all there which is really awesome that they were all out there supporting
2: Yeah I think it's another way that uh the uh, WNBA is unique. Uh, one question I would have asked the players, if, but I didn't really get a chance to, is I was wondering who, like, which of their teammates that were not an All Star they were most jealous of because they had, like, the <laughs> coolest All Star break vacation planned. Um, that'd be an interesting thing to, uh, to yeah, find out. Yeah, I know I saw. On... And I was totally.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I know I saw on Instagram that Lexi Brown looked like she was having a good time in Miami. Um, I was kind of surprised she wasn't that All Star in the three point contest. She was like. Probably my like number mm. one pick of like people that got snubbed from participating in all-star weekend activities, but yeah, she looked yeah. like she had a good weekend anyway.
2: Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, but I bet someone did something more extra. Yeah. Well, maybe not, <laughs> but I bet someone did some other fun stuff so uh, yeah and then you know i briefly said hello to asia wilson after the game and it was unbelievable how her <laughs> voice was totally gone um uh you know i guess it's probably good she uh, hadn't played but uh she definitely looked like mm-hmm. she was recovering uh so you know it's kind of a kind of a funny story i wonder uh how she would have performed if she had uh it was healthy yeah. enough to play uh i guess they played last mm-hmm. night right and Blew out the wings, but Not um, a real <laughs> surprise there. Yeah. That was pretty funny. What when she spoke?
1: So you alluded to a good segue earlier that we kind of skipped over about Chelsea Gray being one of the eight that was named to the um, list of USA basketball players that committed to kind of this new, like, full training camp program that they've got starting up in November and ahead of the Tokyo Olympics. And one of the things about it, I think, is most interesting is that they've got this um, program that they're, the NCAA uh, has waivers for, and they're going to play against some of the co- college teams in the country. So curious for you, like to your like, if you could make a wish list of the college teams you would want to see USA Basketball play against in that string of games, like who would be on the top of that list?
2: Oh well, you know, I mean, I think it's anywhere that uh you know has a strong following right places like uconn i mean it's pretty cliche or whatever right but uconn i mean certainly you'd want them to play in south carolina uh with don staley coaching i think you'd want well i wonder though which who she would coach in that scenario maybe they could have like cheryl or dan uh coach against her um you know so there's that Uh, you know tennessee kind of all the traditional powers right Oregon's obviously paying a ton of attention to women's hoops now so that would be cool to see uh, Sabrina going up against these players uh this upcoming year and uh but I also think it would be interesting and some of these are related I guess but you know to try places where you know I know expansion's not coming anytime soon but try places where might expand you know a classic one and, and this would work really well i know Don staley comes up to uh, or came up to philly last year to play temple i believe and so it'd be cool to do a game uh in philly i'm trying to think what are some of the other markets now that we have vegas um could do one in houston right um home, former home of the comets uh you know you definitely would want folks to come in la and it would also be cool to do it i'm trying to think off the top of my head but places that You really don't have a chance to watch um, the very best in women's hoops or you know like other places that don't have a WNBA team I'm trying to think what would be other good markets maybe what like Salt Lake City Denver
1: yeah I think like Oregon's like a perfect one right right? because they don't have a WNBA team but they've got this great college team now and then, like I don't know if you follow women's soccer at all, but like their oh, right. NWSL showing is like incredible. Like they're bringing out close to 20k fans to these NWSL games, so it sounds like the perfect place. Like if you were like to make my list of places to expand the WNBA to, like that's like a top of the list. Yes, I definitely agree. To, like, I,
2: I always get it confused: is it Portland the Thorns or the and the? Yeah, that's the Thorns.
1: The Thorns and yep.
2: then Seattle, Seattle the Timbers or
1: uh Portland Timbers is the men's team in oh, Portland so yeah it's a go. great soccer team I know so much about Portland soccer <laughs> I think every
2: uh team name I recognize is uh, <laughs> is uh, important so yeah no I think those would be great um but I do yeah. think like I mean it would be related to USA basketball I mean I think the other interesting question right is you know it's it would be pretty amazing if the 8 people that are committed to staying don't make the team so it's really interesting to think about who the rest of the spots are um mm-hmm. you know presumably brianna stewart would be one if she uh was healthy enough um which okay. i would hope she would be at Hopefully, that time yeah. i mean i'm sure she'd be easing into it still but it would you know be great so but yeah right i mean what you know i mean at some level it's a question about like what cities haven't seen brianna stewart play would be one you know kind of a different sure. way to think about it
1: Yeah. I thought about my wish list a little bit differently. Obviously, selfishly I would love to see them play at UConn. I mean, it also sounds like it has Gino Oriama's name all over it, right? Chance for his team to get beat maybe badly at some point in the season. Like (laughs) has Gino all over it. Um, but I was thinking of it in terms of like, all right, what are like the, you know, top players in the NCAA right now that I'm like excited to watch in the league? So like on just like an individual basis, like who do I want to see play against? you know, some of the top talent. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Kennedy Carter is one, obviously Sabrina in Oregon. That's like, gotta be tough. Top pick. Also Lauren Cox in Baylor. Mm. Um, Yeah. She's I I don't know. I don't know who's the number one pick next year. It's, I feel like between Cox and and Inescu. So, that's an interesting uh i guess i guess today did you
2: we were having our twitter conversation today i think sky show chicago was started off with kind of coming up for the hashtag Uh, (laughs) yes (laughs) i would definitely encourage people to uh submit their suggestions (laughs) right some are uh, more pc some are less pc (laughs) um apparently i didn't realize that suck for the duck was uh used for Marcus Mariota when he was playing Oregon football. So, um, but, but you know, you could definitely, and then it also sucked for Sabrina. Um, I think one of the best ones that I saw though was miscue for ENSQ. I think that <laughs> was pretty, pretty creative. And I'm sure that, you know, I think there's gotta be more alliteration that, uh, that uh, can happen out there. So oh, yeah. I hope that our listeners, our followers will uh, continue to contribute to that discussion. Um,
1: Agreed. Yeah,
2: it'll be it'll be interesting to see. It's really interesting how the WNBA lottery works and how the incentives are kind of a little different than in the NBA, just because so many teams make the playoffs.
1: So true, very different landscape. Yeah, yeah. Then my last like USA basketball pick, I think, would be UCLA. Uh, Michaela Ameware. I'm a huge fan of hers. I think that I mean, she's only going to be a junior, but she's gonna be a great league player one day so what
2: do you think about actually though uh playing a game in boston to me that always seems like i mean you've got yukon so like that's kind of why at some level i think boston doesn't get as much love but it seems like there must be plenty of women's basketball fans maybe many of them went to Mm yukon uh that would love to see uh, a game like that in the boston area
1: yeah, no, agree. Like, I'm trying to think. Of, like, there's not really like a prominent like Massachusetts women's basketball program, but like if you took that like UConn game and moved it to Boston, like I think that would be a really cool environment. Do you think all your
2: friends in, in in Hartford would complain? Oh, I thought they would complain about it. Like, why aren't they playing the Excel Center?
1: Well, I don't know. I'm I'm always down for a road trip, so maybe that's just me. But <laughs> well, that
2: is very true. That is very true. <laughs> Yeah, you've been doing all kinds of traveling. Where were you again this summer? You went to the World Cup. Yeah. That amazing article about the experience. We should talk more about that some other times. And it's getting late. And where else have you been?
1: Yeah. So I've hit four countries, no, five countries so far this summer. I was in France for the World (laughs) Cup. Um, I was in Hong Kong. I was in Thailand. I was in Bali. And then I spent like. 15 hours in Taiwan on a layover on the way home from Wally. So, that does
2: not, did you leave the airport? Yes, no, so I did leave
1: the airport. So, okay. it does somewhat count. <laughs> um, um,
2: wow. That's just the summer?
1: Yeah, just the summer.
2: <laughs> yeah, you are so adventurous. Um, you know, I definitely uh, am more of an ugly American. Uh, my theory is that, uh, you know, there are all kinds of people come to vacation in the United States and they see all kinds of things that I haven't done here, right? I certainly haven't been to 50 states. Right. So, uh, you know, especially with Hawaii, I have been to Hawaii. Uh, so why not, you know, vacation here where all the American laws apply, right? <laughs> I mean, so,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so obviously it's a little conservative. I know I'm missing out. Uh, but, uh, you know, I haven't done a lot of international travel, maybe someday, maybe my kids are a little bit older as well, but I will say that the most amazing vacation that I have ever taken has been to the Galapagos Islands. Have you ever been there? Is that on your list yet?
1: I have not. It's on my list, though. Definitely. I'm jealous. Definitely
2: (laughs) recommended. Uh, It was an amazing, amazing trip. My wife and I went, um, I guess it was a couple years before we had kids. Uh, And uh, just unbelievable. You got to be very careful in Ecuador about the water and everything like that, uh, drinking the water. But um, we ended up going. The coolest part about the Galapagos Islands is it's like a natural... A national park, I guess, is a nature reserve, right? right? And so, there's all kinds of like restrictions, and I think it's loosened in the decade or so since I've been, but um, like how big the boats can be and how many boats can be there, and all that. So, we were we, we took a celebrity cruise line, right? Which, um, mm-hmm. you know, you've got your giant mega boats that they typically do. But because of the rules, like I think the maximum number of people on the boat was like 90 was the capacity. Oh wow. So it's like sort of a little bit like flying first class as a result. And the boat wasn't <laughs> even full. So like there might I think there are probably 50 uh, customers on the boat and like that was probably the size of the crew too (laughs) so it was just like really small and they were totally attending uh to you we would go to like and you know you like you go to one island do something there for have like a short excursion for three hours and then yeah get back on the boat it was like you know cruise on over to some other island and go see something else like that afternoon and you get the fancy cruise meals and stuff like that and i mean it was a little expensive to fly down there but it wasn't like absolutely crazy so uh so that was definitely definitely the most interesting trip got to stand on the equator you know kind of one leg on one foot on either side of the <laughs> equator that was a ton of fun um and uh yeah i definitely would highly recommend that you should definitely move that up wherever it is on your giant list of travels I know you love this is not the only summer that you've uh, done a ton of international travel i would strongly 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 recommend a trip to the galapagos islands and that, that's true for really anyone
1: Awesome. We'll have to move that up on my very, very long list.
2: <laughs> do you actually have a list? Is it like a spreadsheet? Yeah, like a written
1: No, When I do plan for trips, it's always a spreadsheet in the typical math nerd <laughs> fashion. Of course. But, yeah. I'd expect nothing less.
2: I'd expect nothing less.
1: <laughs> All right. It is getting late. So I think we're going to um, wrap it up for tonight. But last segment is a little. Off topic, but, you know, good way for you guys to get us to know our team a little bit more, segment name, To Be Determined. Um, <laughs> so
2: much as To Be Determined. Yes. <laughs> like be the segment name, To Be Determined.
1: <laughs> I like it. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening to our first ever episode of the Her Hoops As P- Podcast Unplugged. Um, everyone always says your first one is your worst. So if you like that, hopefully we're just going to keep getting better. Um, But we always love to hear your feedback. So if you have ideas, things you want to hear us talk about, or anything else you want to tell us, feel free to reach out to us. Um, Aaron mentioned earlier that you can email us at podcast at herhoopstats.com. We're also on Twitter at herhoopstats or individually at Megan Gower or at Basketball Value. So feel free to give us any ideas that you have. Um, And also, wherever you're listening to your podcast, please make sure to subscribe and rate us. It helps us grow our fan base and grow our audience. And of course, as always, if you like the work that we are doing, please consider subscribing to herhootscats.com. Thank you, Aaron, for joining me tonight.
2: Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, I hope this is uh, the start of, of many, many Unplugged Podcasts.
1: Yes, same. And thank you again for listening, everyone. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader.